0: This is Ron Thurston and we're in Kerrville, Texas with Lindsay Tognietti and John McCullough from James Avery. Welcome to Retail in America. This podcast is part of the Retail in America tour, my year long journey to discover incredible retail heroes all across the country, Celebrating our retail culture, community, and careers. You can go to retailpride.com or on Instagram at Retail Pride to see everything about the tour, including past episodes of this podcast, videos, press for the tour, future cities, and more. Make sure you sign up for emails to get this podcast directly to your inbox. And just added, there are now Retail in America playlists exclusively on Spotify that I've developed to celebrate the cities we have visited one you might even play in your store. Today I'm at the corporate campus and artisan center for the iconic 68 year old family owned brand, James Avery. This conversation wraps up several weeks in Texas and it seems very fitting because it's such a household name here in this state. You really are the epitome of retail in America. But before we get started, I want to thank the three important title sponsors for the Retail in America Tour and this podcast. Spotify Advertising. Spotify has grown to over 420 million monthly unique registered users around the globe, over half of which are supported on the ad platform. Spotify Advertising will help you reach and target your audience across devices, locations, and formats. Ubik. Over 300 companies in 80 countries trust Ubik to drive their retail performance at scale, get real-time visibility into multi-location business execution, digitized task management, and consistent digital mobile learning for their teams. And KWI, KWI is the industry's only true turnkey omni-channel platform built for specialty retailers. With over 35 years of experience, Let KWI help you execute flawlessly with the features that matter most, including endless aisle, clienteling, mobile checkout, inventory management, e-commerce, and more. The links to learn more about all three of these great brands will be in the show notes and at retailpride.com. I want to set this up for everyone that's listening because I'm really happy to be here today. We are in the Primavera Room in the corporate campus of James Avery in Kerrville, Texas, with Lindsay Tognietti, the granddaughter of Mr. Avery, and John McCullough, the CEO. After an incredible day touring the Craftsman Factory and your campus here, I really appreciate your time and your personal tour very much. First, I want to take the opportunity to introduce your brand to the audience that may not know it. James Avery is a 68-year-old, vertically integrated, family-owned company located right here in the heart of Texas Hill Country. James Avery Jewelry is designed and crafted by your skilled artisans right here in Texas, using the finest materials sourced worldwide. You're a multi-channel retailer with over 110 James Avery stores across four states. Your jewelry is available at jamesavery.com and over 220 Dillard's locations. Today, you continue in the tradition of your grandfather, Lindsay, and strive to create jewelry with beauty, and meaning, serving your customers with graciousness and respect, giving back to the communities where you do business, and creating a supportive, inclusive environment where associates work, grow, and know that they belong. And with that, welcome Lindsay and John to Retail in America.
1: Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank
0: you very much. Our pleasure. So happy to be here, and I very much appreciate your time today. I've been immersed in all things James Avery on a beautiful day in June, and even this room. So this room, you said, Lindsay, was named after a piece that your grandfather designed across, uh, and different buildings and the architecture and the history. You really feel it when you're here.
1: I'm glad that you felt that this morning. I know we do, too. Um, we love getting associates across the business, ones that aren't necessarily here in the Hill Country in Kerrville to come when they can, um, whether it's a formal training or a lot of them want to come and see it on their own. And they do. And I think the benefit is just that, right? Getting immersed firsthand in the culture and in the beauty and what we're all about.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your story, Lindsay, and part of I think the not only the appeal of this brand spending time for retail in America in Texas but you worked in stores like you grew your career for this company not by kind of dropping in one day you spent time in Houston working in stores so I maybe tell everyone a little bit more about your background
1: Sure so I was very fortunate to have more of a formal training program as I approached John and and talked to him about it. He's like, well, there's this program and really the best way to do it is to start Boots on the Ground.
2: Mm.
1: So that was a a blessing in disguise, right? Whether I realized it at the time or not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But I loved working in retail. So about two years and I still tap into those you know experiences today we talk about how invaluable that is and if we could get everybody in a retail store but i was in a larger store for us a very busy store within a mall which was really fun that constant excitement, customers coming in, whether they were just browsing because they were hanging out in the mall or a destination shop, which we very much are so. And was there and had a really great mentor that also kind of made the move over to corporate after a few years. She had been with the company about 10 years. Mm. And now we sit right in the same building. She's in the visual marketing department. Anyway, so she trained me and really taught me things from the beginning. Our product and POS, you know, to basic guest service. And worked there and then had an opportunity to open a new store. Houston is a growing market. It's been growing for years for us and had an opportunity to open a store and got that experience. Was there for about six months through a really busy Mother's Day summer period. And then uh, had the opportunity to go back to the Memorial City store and was there for about a year as the store manager. So kind of full circle Mm
0: -hmm. until
1: uh, we were ready to move to Kerrville and... Then worked closely with John on some strategic initiatives and about two years ago, moved into my role more in marketing, where I oversee some of our traditional marketing, email marketing and social, as well as our customer service team. So a lot of cross-functional experience since I've been on the corporate side, which has been really invaluable too, um, from retail, but then some of the projects that I worked on. We're very cross-functional in nature. So I've gotten a very good training program.
0: (laughs) The hands-on best kind of training program you can learn. Absolutely. And I want to come back to your store experience in a moment. But John, I'll have you introduce yourself. Sure.
2: Sure. John McCullough. uh, I've been with James Avery since 2006. So I think I just hit my 16-year mark. Uh, which in not, this organization yeah. uh exactly. means I'm kind of a middle ager, not a, not a not a newbie, but not uh but we're so blessed to have associates that have been with the company, you know, thirty, forty years. And so I've been with the company sixteen years and it's been just an amazing thing for me and my family to be part of it. Love this brand, grew up with this brand. So I was first introduced to the brand as a customer. And James Avery always had a special place in my heart and my family's heart for gift-giving occasions. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to come into the company and uh, just be part of kind of the James Avery family, not literally the family, but the family of associates was just an amazing opportunity and one that's been amazing and great. I
0: I can feel your passion as you've walked me through this campus today. It's your commitment to the success of this brand is, is palpable. Lindsay, I want to go back to stores because so many people that listen to this podcast work in stores. And you had said, I wish everyone could spend time in stores as they grow their career, regardless of where they're end, the desk that they sit at. Mm-hmm. Why is that?
1: I think a few reasons. Some very tactical, right? Like In my role today, we have these great ideas. And if you've been in retail, you know why those will work and they will resonate. And that's something a store associate can execute or like no way, you know, that just functionally won't happen. But I think what I tap into each and every day, a really good understanding of our customer after speaking with them, potentially crying with them. If they have this heartfelt story, they're shopping for something, Mm -hmm. celebrating with them, laughing with them. Um, and I, you, you don't get that, right? If you don't stand across the counter, or probably next to them, um, or at a case helping them pick out jewelry. So that for me was invaluable. Like even growing up with the brand, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I know our customer. I, I am our customer. But really, just experiencing their stories and their connection to the brand and why they shop, that came to life for me in retail. Mm. Um, and then. I think the other side, which I know you're really focused on, is getting to know our associates and the people that do the work every day on the front lines. That for me, I mean, humbling and I have so much respect for them. And then I think the opposite is true. Like they're surprised that somebody wants to work alongside them. And in that relationship, I have so many fond memories of the long Christmas hours next to Right, our part-time associates. The Memorial City Mall, I can <laughs> oh, yeah. only imagine. Oh, and yeah. that was like, you know, we'd stay up until 11. I'm like, how is anybody going to sleep before they're here the next morning? It didn't feel like we did. But, you know, you'd go to bed at night thinking, wow, I did a good job. I served my customers and made an impact in their lives and the people that you worked alongside. So I think it gave me a deeper appreciation for our
0: associates. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And John, you've referenced Mr. Avery several times today. What does his impact on this industry mean
2: to you as someone now that leads the company? I think his approach to how he treated his customers is just, again, it's our North Star. I oftentimes ask myself with any business decision, sometimes customer facing, sometimes internally, what would Mr. Avery do? And I think that he managed from his heart very often, and then he thought about the business implications of it secondarily. But I think that really kind of governed how he approached decisions. Um, I think he managed the organization kind of from very paternalistically, kind of like a father. And I know that Lindsay's dad and her uncle, Chris, also, that was their approach. And so when I joined the organization coming in, I had a a really great foundation of having worked for a lot of good retail companies and had a really good toolkit of retail operations. Mm -hmm. And I think because of my mother and my dad, I hopefully had empathy <laughs> and uh, interpersonal ways that I approach things. But I learned a lot from just understanding how the Avery family managed this organization mm. and how they approach decisions. And that for us, sometimes it's unconventional. Sometimes it's doing things a little differently than the rest of corporate America or, or retail America might approach things. And that's been a, a huge blessing to be able to kind of be able to be in an organization that has that perspective right
0: is that played so much into the tenure Mm -hmm. i met one of your craftsmen today who's been here and his wife who have been here over 40 years worked and it sounds like several different artisan roles that they've played through crafting this jewelry so does that influence of mr avery play into the tenure
2: of people here absolutely yeah yeah
0: it's generational
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Mr. Avery would say it, Lindsay's dad, Paul would say the same thing. It's pretty simple. It's trying to treat people the way that you want to be treated. And it's taking all parts of this organization, regardless of what your level or your, your responsibility is, and just having that be kind of your approach to how, you know, that I'm going to approach this situation, this relationship and treat you the way that I want to be treated. And I think people appreciate that. And I think it and then we're all kind of in it together. We're locking arms and whatever the task is, whether it's getting the merchandise out or getting the windows clean or mm-hmm. uh, sweeping up or whatever you got to do, you, you do what you need to do and you do it together and you reap in the benefits together too.
0: Yeah. And you, know. you do it in the, with the interest. You had said you described him. The first thing he thought of was with the customer in mind. What you just described is all of that. Yeah. Whether you're cleaning the windows, everything you do is with the customer in mind. Yeah. That does sound very simple, but if you work in retail as you did, I did for decades, that is harder to do every day when the amount of information and speed at which things move in our business can throw you off that game. And so I think that mindset of everything we're going to do today is in the best interest of my team and our customer. And what does that feel like? And that's very real here, you can tell. Lindsay, as I have spent the day with you and John and walked through these buildings on this campus and met many members of the team from the design team through merchandising, through, through manufacturing, through all, all of it, multiple times people have worked for, had interactions with your granddad. So maybe you can share a couple of special memories that you have of him as well.
1: I heard these conversations too, and they resonate with what I remember about him, two really big things, an artist and very giving. My experience that I just always go back to this, and I think it encapsulates a lot of that, his way that he shared his love for myself and other grandchildren, he would make pieces for us. And I think that was his love language. It was always really thoughtful, right? It was based on something that was happening in our lives. I went to camp, and it was really important in my life, and handwritten letters, a lost art, we'd write home, and I remember writing him and telling him, you know, I'm so excited. I I got this award for cheering loud at a game, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it it was really important to me, so I told him about it. So after camp, he would come to a lot of my camp closings, and he brought this charm, and he handmade this one, and it later went into the line, and I feel a lot of (laughs) pride towards that, but because I remember this experience fondly, it was a spirit stick charm that he had created and wanted to just commemorate that event in my life. Seems funny now. I'm like, mm. oh, that was just a little awarded at a tribe game. But he knew that it mattered to me and you know, made that. And it mattered to him that he showed up at camp with that. Uh, and there were just times throughout growing up, just you know, different Christmases where he had spent the time to make uh, one-of-a-kind pieces so that the grandchildren knew. That was his love language. And he was very giving. And I think we still try to emulate that at the company today, inside our organization and in the communities where we have stores and where we're headquartered, because we want to honor his legacy. So I hope you felt all of those things today. And it sounds like you did.
0: Very, very much so. Thank you. Yeah, John, I'll throw that to you as the leader of this organization. How does the spirit of Mr. Avery influence your leadership?
2: I think on the kind of interpersonal side, I think just the graciousness and kind of what I really felt like the true nature of of what he wanted to do, both with associates and customers, was just very genuine and very pure. I mean, he really wanted to kind of please people. And I think his art was his medium in which he tried to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that I try to keep that as an important focus For me, I also think, you know, one of the things Mr. Avery did was he worked really, really hard and he had a really high attention to detail. If he felt like if you're going to do something, you need to do it right. And so I remind myself of that Mm -hmm. as I do things that I'm doing, but also try to, you know, coach and encourage others within the organization of it'd be better for us to do less things, but do them well Mm -hmm. and do them in a way that we're proud of than more things that we can't do quite as well. And so I think just that quality, that amazing work ethic that he had, I mean, I've heard these stories about him, you know, some of the rock ways that you have walked on today, he laid with his own hands. Oh, wow! Um, And that just speaks to who he was and kind of probably made him really happy to do it. He probably may not have considered it work, Mm-hmm. Uh, but I bet you it looked exactly the way he wanted it to look. <laughs> and if others had been involved, he probably would have been out there coaching uh, the way that we need <laughs> yes, to do things. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and, but, but at the same time, working with them. Alongside. Right. Yeah. Right. That's great.
0: Thank you. Can we just speak a little bit about Texas? Because this is retail in America, and you are almost exclusively a Texan business. I'd love to hear from both of you, actually, because you grew up in Texas, Lindsay. And what does Texas mean to you in the spirit of retail in America?
1: So I'm going to back up a little bit. So my grandfather was not from here, right? Grew up in the Chicago area. My grandmother and her family, my great-grandmother, lived just down the road. And that was the tie here. And my grandfather had been in Texas and his first impression uh, when he had visited before he knew my grandmother was positive his words he liked the texas people and their can-do attitude (laughs) (laughs) and i I laughed and it is funny but you know i think texans really do kind of pride themselves in being friendly and we are in this together and you know we want to help each other so i love that that was his first impression and then as he came down for one summer i think they were deciding right like okay what are we going to do Visited his mother-in-law and it stuck. And I think it was because he was charmed by Texas and the people. And I think the hill country Mm -hmm. really, really drawn to nature and the beauty that's kind of undeniable Mm -hmm. (laughs) as you're here. And so I think all those things are still really important today to Texans. And as that reflects or as that translates to retail and shopping, our customers shop James Avery for a lot of those same things, right? We have a lot of nature pieces. We have a lot of meaning and connection. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to them. And we're a stronghold when they're looking for those things. So Mm -hmm. that's been my experience firsthand with, I think, why we really resonate in Texas, but with that said, I think as people start to meet the brand and get to know us, they've latched onto that too. So I think yeah. there's, there's room for us outside of Texas too. <laughs> I, there's
0: no question you know, yeah. in mind, but you know, yes. it is funny because having spent the last few weeks and I knew that it was going to come here, you mentioned James Avery and people immediately have a relationship with the brand. I love that. And they do. <laughs> they have a memory, they have an experience, they have a knowledge that's very deep here it's iconic to this state in many ways and i know your goal is to grow the business as i'm sure that it will there are very few brands that in my experience are so state related they may be culturally related in some way or with a certain you know part of the industry i'm inspired by that and when i think about retail in america it's one of the things
2: you think about in this state mm-hmm. yeah what does it mean to you john I think Texans are gracious and friendly and hardworking. And I think all of those elements also kind of represent the brand. I think if you were, you could use those same descriptors for our brand. And I think when our guests come into our stores and they're greeted by one of our associates, I hope it's more of a friend visiting with a friend than a salesperson Mm -hmm. trying to do a transaction. And I think that's evident. And I think that's the way Mr. Avery wanted it. You know, that's the way he treated people. And I think we just try to carry that torch forward yeah. and yeah. and uh, kind of stay true to that. Yeah.
0: in the visitor center, you had shown me an entire wall of letters that people wrote to Mr. Avery or sounds like continue to still write today. And part of that is that experience that they're having. They're very connected to this brand. And I was laughing at some of the letters included, hey, I have this design idea or you should do this or this piece that I bought from James Avery played a really special role in my life. Like that is human connection, at its core. That is real retail pride. Yeah. And I'm sure you receive received those letters today as the CEO. I do. I yeah. do.
2: And it's it's amazing to not only engage with a customer but at that level, but it's almost as if the ownership is not just the family of corporate associates. It's that really our, our guests are part of that ownership yeah. and, and democratization of the brand, if you will. Yeah. And I think that we try to be sensitive and respect that and try to do what we can to continue that level of emotional connection to the brand. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I've never seen it in any other brand. I've come from fashion. I've come from apparel. I think you said it earlier as we were touring a campus, it's hard to have that same level of emotional connection to – an article of clothing uh, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't dismiss at all the importance of those and those businesses at all. And I knew this brand as a customer, but it just has blown my socks away just to see how emotionally connected our customers are. Mm-hmm. When I meet people if they are familiar with the brand and they find out I work at James Avery, two things normally happen very quickly. They smile, which is mm-hmm. awesome. That mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the emotion they feel. Yeah. And then two, they start to tell me a story. About a piece that they own, mm-hmm. or that they've given, or that they've received, and what it represents to them, and if we can be just simply the medium that helps them communicate what's important in their lives and share with one another, what an awesome, right. an awesome place to be. Right. And I know I speak for the rest of the James Avery family, of associates, We're, we just feel blessed, you know, that we can do that, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. very grateful.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is jewelry
0: the medium that your grandfather intended? To start, Like what was his original vision?
1: It's a great question. So people that have been with the brand a long time, the brand, the company that he named was James Avery Craftsman because he was describing himself, right? He was a craftsman mm. and he thought it was fitting for all the things that he was making. His background is really in industrial design. But it's a neat story. As he was teaching, he had a few women in his class that came to him. And they were in this industrial design class, but they were more interested in some jewelry. (laughs) So they asked him. Could we make jewelry? You know, is that something you know how to do? And he didn't. So he went to the library. So the story goes, and he found a book on jewelry making. And you know, it was all by hand. And he was really focused on it. And once he got some pieces done, he showed them and they liked it. Mm. Um, so it really kind of spurred his creativity, I think, in that medium, just that his students were really excited and connecting with the pieces. And he was giving it away to them. And, and that really continued. But right, his background art, furniture, building all different things. So we joke too. And I've heard this, that he could make jewelry and he could make all these other things, but it seemed like jewelry as he got started was a better, better business (laughs) for him. (laughs) So that one really stuck to, I think our customer's delight. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. But the
0: craftsman influence and store design in the spirit, it's not a jewelry brand. It is a craftsman. It is a it's a story of a craftsman. Mm-hmm. You know that is rooted in so much legacy.
1: Yeah, there. and we remind ourselves that you know it's art that we're making in the mm-hmm. in the form of jewelry or silver, gold, gemstones, whatever the medium is. It is art, and I think our customers that's part of the value, right? They're right. wearing a little piece of art with them when they buy the jewelry.
0: Yeah, Lindsay, do you when you spend time in stores are there any particular stories from customers that stand out to you? I'm sure they were every day.
1: I, I think it's just remarkable that customers will walk in and share that deeply personal, positive and trying or sad story or moment that they're going through. And a lot of times they're still going through it. It's not like, oh, this happened five years ago, 10 years ago. It's like, I'm dealing with this right now, positive or negative. And I wanted to come to James Avery to commemorate that. We are a part of that Mm -hmm. celebration or that moment or that commemoration. I think it's so special. I mean, I've definitely cried with customers just hearing their story and someone to talk to. And I think it also says a lot about the brand that that's where they come in that time. We're a respite. And I, again, just felt fortunate that that was something that I got to be a part of. Um, and I know our associates feel that way, too. You know, it's like, how many jobs do you get to go home and say, like, wow, I really made an impact on someone's life? Right. <laughs> and in retail, you might do that multiple times in a, in a day.
0: In a day. It's so rooted in the pride in this work. And that I do think sometimes in retail, we don't give ourselves enough credit for that conversation. You may not know that that customer now shares the story of that interaction that they had in the store with everyone they know. Mm -hmm. And you may not ever hear the story being told. Right. But they remember you and they remember that conversation Mm -hmm. and that maybe they were commemorating something really special or tragic. They remember you, that you made them feel different or better. Mm -hmm. So it's so powerful in in this work.
1: It is powerful. And then a lot of times, right? Like when I was in a store and got the opportunity, the same customer would come back. Like the next thing in their life happened and they wanted to celebrate it with James Avery. So there's this relationship that's built or right. I'd be on my day off and my associates would tell me like, oh no, you missed Mrs. Smith. Like (laughs) she came in, she was hoping that you could help her. So there really is a deep connection that is just incredible.
0: Yeah. And that's not just because it's jewelry it 's a human connection to a brand for so many reasons mm-hmm. it 's deeper deeper than I think maybe you give yourself credit for because it 's every day in stores right you don 't work at a at a jewelry store you change people 's lives it 's great so i 'd love to talk about retail pride for a moment, so john you 've referenced empathy and curiosity a couple of times, but when I think about The pillars of what I write in Retail Pride around the success of any retail role is rooted in empathy, curiosity, and focus. And how do you navigate those three things?
2: I would say in this organization and with this brand, the one that really resonates of those three is certainly empathy. And I think it kind of guides our approach to, one, our associate family and trying to be gracious and supportive of them, but knowing that it goes beyond them to our guests And I mean, it's as simple as trying to look for those opportunities in even just your policy where you can to err on the side of grace. One of our core values is graciousness and grace. And I think we try to just use that as a lens to help us simply as make policies and procedures, but kind of how would we want to do that? So certainly of those three pillars, empathy certainly resonates. I would say in a broader role for me, getting out beyond just the retail side of our organization, Focus is something that is, I think, important for a company that has, uh, that's vertically integrated, that has the ability, because of the footprint of things we do, to potentially be unfocused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Focus is important, and it's important to know where we need to lean in at the right time for certain different aspects of our business. Mm-hmm. So I think certainly focus for this organization, and I'll speak specifically in my role, is just something that I always try to make sure that I'm staying focused. Uh, I like newness. I like new things. uh, And sometimes those can be distractions. And so I have to be responsible in keeping those in check or finding another way to have those types of things (laughs) uh, manifest themselves in my life. I think it's important to be able to to dream and think freely. Yeah. So I don't think you have to be overly governed or disciplined. But I'd say focus in this organization is something that is important for us, because if we get off of focus, we can go off course a little bit. And yeah. it can affect more than just one particular aspect of our business. Right. And when we
0: were walking through the Craftsman Center, you had kind of thought about this idea of rooted in the past, but yet technology for the future. Yeah. So there are jewelry creation processes like lost wax and some of these that are hundreds of years old and how that they were developed, yet you have some of the most modern technology possible. Yeah. It sounds aligned to you saying, focus requires you to remember what's important today, but also what's happening tomorrow.
2: The Craftsman Center is, sounded the same. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you know, we're always trying to kind of marry appropriate level of innovation. Part of that is we think we have a a kind of a moderate price point. And in order to maintain that in an environment where cost, raw material costs, labor costs continue to increase over time, innovation can help us make sure that we can be affordable and be positioned with competitive landscape appropriately for our customers. So I think we try to introduce innovation where it adds value Uh, to the end product we're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. And if it detracts from that, or if it's done for another reason, it probably isn't something we're going to be interested in. But if it supports that desire to put a really phenomenal product out that we can share with our customers at a price point that they hopefully feel is affordable and attractive, that's where we want to be. Yeah.
0: But nothing here doesn't begin unless it's handcrafted, hand-designed, vertically integrated. It's never been done anywhere except here right. right where we sit and that is i think so interesting that the thought of trying to build something that was 10 times bigger at scale and have this jewelry made
2: on a machine sounds like has never been a conversation no and i think part of it is you could certainly i'm sure organizations with 68 years of history at different chapters of their life may have been faced with opportunities to make decisions of how they might want to evolve their business and i think that mr avery and chris and paul avery and and now the management team here like it affects people that we work with and that we care Mm -hmm. about and so this Mm -hmm. concept of offshoring or or doing something any differently has zero appeal Mm -hmm. we're really good at being able to make it the way we make it with the phenomenal artisans that we have who are making it and it's just amazing It's the people side. People first is really kind of the most important part of what we kind of approach, um, how we work with one another and the decisions that we make. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think that's where retail pride at James Avery comes into play. Our associates in the retail store are so excited to tell our brand story. Mm. They want to make sure that customers knew or legacy customers to the brand that they know what we're doing in Kerrville, in the Hill Country, where the designs come from, where they're crafted. So when they can tell that story, they get that feedback back from the customer that that matters to them. But I think it really matters to our associates, and they have a lot of pride in the brand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that just creates then some of that legacy. Mm So in a fast-moving retail world, if you can say, I have a solid team that loves what they do, loves the brand story, can come here to Kerrville and spend time in the Craftsman Center like I did today. That all just builds momentum of loving to be here and not wanting to even think about doing something else. They're rooted in this uh, history and they're part of it. And you're right, Lindsay, that is incredible retail pride. That's what it's all about. Is there, other than your, I'm going to say granddad, because you've said granddad, uh, other than your granddad, who else in your life has really inspired you?
1: I truly think the people that I'm surrounded with at work. Again, I think there's a mutual respect across the company. Because of how the leaders, including my family members, but some of the new leaders today, continue to treat our associates and think about decisions, big and small, and how they will impact associates. So they impact me every day. I'm our manufacturing associates, our retail associates, everybody that works here in, in Kerrville. I am re energized <laughs> when I visit with them and have an appreciation for what everyone across the organization does. So I honestly think that's kind of the biggest impact and kind of affected my trajectory and desire to be with the company is the people that I get to be surrounded by. It's
0: beautiful. And you lead the marketing team today. I do, I do. That is a really interesting role that you can (laughs) understand the history of your family, yet have a foot in Instagram and TikTok and the future of marketing. So how does, you know, kind of similar to John, you have one very important foot in the past and you have a foot in the future. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance that today?
1: I was laughing the other day. Our first catalog came out in a few years after my granddad started the business in 1954. And I'm sure it was every piece he had ever made. Um, And he would do them, I imagine, right? Once he got an order, he'd make that one right then. So no, no inventory like we have today. And catalog is still important to us, right? We've continued to do that. But like you said, the digital marketing side of things is ever changing. Social media, I mean, even a year ago, if you would have asked me about TikTok. I I would have laughed. And we didn't quite frankly even have the team then that could support another platform. So I've really enjoyed it. I think, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to growth in the marketing team as we continue to kind of figure out where James Avery sits in digital marketing and how to meet our customer and new customers there. But I do think there's the foot with the old that we won't get away from. I think there's some things that we have done like catalog that you know, continue to be important. And yes, we're going to adjust our strategy there too. But I like that that's something that my granddad thought about (laughs) <laughs> right. a few years in, right? Yeah. How is he going to meet his customers? The ones he had, I even picture, right? Like I'm sure it was everyone that had ever purchased a product from him. They were getting a catalog mailed, to, <laughs> <laughs> mailed out to them. But I think it's a good challenge for us. Um, and we think about that even in things that we post, like how do we make sure our customer knows when we are marketing all the traditions, the yeah. manufacturing processes, some of them are still very rooted in tradition. How do we make sure our customer knows that? Those are still important to us today.
0: While growing your business at the same time, which is very strong today. Yeah, that's fun. John, we'll close here and think about the future again. So what's next for
2: this brand? We will continue to make retail our focus in this organization. We're fortunate that the great state of Texas continues to grow. So in the near term, we'll stay Mm -hmm. focused on trying to meet our customer in these markets that we're currently in. A lot of what we want to do is just not mess things up, quite honestly. I mean, what what a a simple thing to try to do. But, you know, Lindsay and I are standing on the foundation of great people who've made great decisions and built a great business. And I think we just every day want to try to not do anything to harm the business, but introduce it to people, Mm -hmm. continue to work with our guests the way that we do uh, and support our associate family the way we do. And it's not complicated. So... I think we can do it. We'll continue to make that our focus. Mm-hmm.
0: And you had an incredible last couple of years through COVID. We've been and very blessed. Yeah. yeah you, and you see all of us the craftsmen that are here, you know, their experience during that period, I'm sure, was also difficult. You it know was. everyone's kind of journey over yeah. the last couple of years is unique to their own experience. But working in a factory
2: you know, and a craftsman center, yeah. is unique in its own way. Yeah, I was reminded multiple times throughout the very difficult two years of just the importance of the strength of those relationships across the organization and how everyone supported one another and propped one another up when we needed to be propped up mm. and locked arms and uh, kind of got things done. And very gratifying, very you know uh, rewarding to see that type of just camaraderie and and support from one another. And it was very genuine and very sincere, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, because their families
0: are here. You have multiple generations of families on this campus. Yep. Yeah. Well, congratulations for the success you've had the last 68 years, um, and I'm sure there will be at least 68 more for decades to come. So thank you. Thank you for your time today and spending so generously with Roy and myself. It was really a pleasure.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. thank you. I want to thank Lindsay and John for being on the show today. It was a really special episode as I wrap up my time in Texas today. And thank you to everyone for listening. Pay your Retail Pride forward and subscribe, review, and of course share this episode with everyone you know in retail because there are a lot of us. Go to RetailPride.com and follow me on Instagram at RetailPride to see all the details about the Retail in America tour and other media links contact me directly to nominate a retail hero for this podcast, host a retail networking event in your city, or just say hello. Keep your retail pride strong, and I will see you on the road.